You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, this is Jeff. Before we get the show started today, I just wanted to have a huge shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. We had a great uh, month in November, um, a lot of new people signing up, and I just kind of want to run through those names real quick as an added thank you. Uh, so we'll start with David Levisey, Jeffrey Seguritan. Kevin Kuschel, Jesse James, Kathy Fisher, Anne Glowinky, Amanda Keck, Aaron Barclay, and John Edward Berry. So a big thank you to all of those who have joined our Patreon support team. We very much appreciate it. If you want to be one of those people and earn additional perks, such as uh, promotional stickers that we send out when you become a member, added bonus episodes that we're doing on a monthly basis, and some of our other great things that you can sign up for at patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. We'd greatly appreciate it. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil, and today we have a very special game uh, that's going to be in uh, two different states. Uh, joining us in the studio, as always, uh, are Jeff and Ken. How's it going, guys? Good, thanks. Pretty good. Nice. Uh, well, uh, Matt couldn't be here today. Uh, Ken, why is that? He's fighting crime. He, he is fighting crime. He, uh, he's, he's put on his luchador mask, and he's taken to the streets to uh, to stop some muggings. <laughs> Very commendable. Um, and then that laughter you hear there is our special guest in the studio, uh, which is Adam Abassi. How's it going, Adam? Doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing awesome. Uh, you guys might recognize Adam's voice from our Futurama Lay It On Me, where he did a great job. Oh, yeah. Uh, still a little disappointed about one of the questions. It still haunts <laughs> my dreams, but, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun. I'm, uh, I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I must say, a, a dream haunted is better than a nightmare, so. No, no, that is great. Um, and, you know, Adam is really happy about being here against his will, so that's all we can ask for. <laughs> yeah, and we're happy he's in the studio this time and not over uh, Skype. So. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Uh, I also want to introduce our other special guest coming to us from Oakland, California, our friend Liz Hudson. How's it going, Liz? Good. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Uh, we've been wanting to have Liz on for a long time. She uh, interacts with us on uh, on Facebook and uh, and as a listener of the show. So why don't you uh, first, uh, before Adam, tell us a little bit about how you got into trivia and uh, how you found our show. Uh, I found your show through another trivia podcast. I heard through it, heard about it through there. Um, I live in Oakland. I have two kids who also really enjoy trivia and try to make their own trivia podcast. Um, they're inspired by all the trivia podcasts out there. Um 
otherwise, I just always played trivia with my family growing up, Trivial Pursuit, you know, don't call my mom at 7 p.m. because Jeopardy's on, that kind of family. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, now she just gets mad at us because the kids are starting to beat her and it's making her <laughs> angry. But it's taken us a while. She's hung in there a while. We're, we, we're just coming around now. So that's about it. That's great. And is Jeopardy's on at 7 p.m. in California? That it is. That's wow. two hours. Yeah, I never even... Uh, we're always at like 3.30 here. Yeah. So every time someone says nighttime, I'm like, wait a minute, it's on at night? Yeah, that's that's a Chicago thing. Is it? Okay. It is yeah. only a Chicago thing. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It's on at like a normal, regular time where I would watch it if I wasn't, you know, working. Um, and then Adam, uh, before we start, uh, how'd you get into trivia? Well, uh, I don't know. It's just fun, I guess. You know, my, uh, my sister and your significant other have been good friends for their whole lives, mm-hmm. and that's how I know you, and... That's how I've, you know, come across this podcast and just been listening to it ever since. Awesome. Well, thank you for being one of our listeners, both of you guys. Um, well, yeah, I guess uh, without further ado, you guys know the drill. It's uh, going to be uh, two rounds of 10 questions each worth 10 points apiece. In between that, is there, there's going to be a special uh, halftime swing round designed by me where the players can rack up some extra points. And we'll go to a final round of five questions uh, with different categories where the contestants can wager on them based on their confidence level. Um, before we start, just want to say a special thank you to David Levesey for being our newest Patreon member at the $20 level. We really appreciate it, David. Uh, we were pleasantly surprised to get that email. Uh, I think it might've been at like two in the morning, but uh, all of us woke up, called each other, uh, you know, had some lemonade gossiped and then uh, celebrated the uh, $20 you gave us. So, um, and we were singing, we love you Conrad for all you bye bye birdie fans. Um, (laughs) all right. That's just a very bizarre reaction. (laughs) (laughs) It is bizarre, but... Uh, Did you guys videotape that? Because that would be amazing. No, uh, no. Neil Neil wanted to keep the ceremony a little private, so... Yeah. <laughs> no, no video recordings. If we get a, a large enough Patreon supporter, perhaps we will videotape that. <laughs> All right. Well, without further ado, let's get this game going and find out who today's cream of the crop is. You know that I'm the cream of the crop. All right. Question one. This year's Black Friday sales were full of deals to purchase popular voice-activated home assistants, such as the Amazon Echo and Google Home. You wouldn't have spotted Naval Officer Al Calavici waiting in line at 5 in the morning because he has Ziggy, a parallel hybrid computer that you may recognize from what science fiction television series? Yeah, I don't have a better guess than that. I don't. I can't pull anything, so yeah, I mean, I'm fine. Off the top of my head, I mean, I... Yeah, I mean, I happen to know that it's... Not the right answer because yeah. that's something else. Um, but <laughs> which I do know the answer to that one. Um, but I, I can't pull it, so I'm fine with going with that for an answer. Does this uh, ring a bell for you? I, I think it's Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap. Al is the guy. Is the hologram guy? Dean Stockwell played him, I think. Okay, that's that's as good as anything I could come up with. I think uh, think you have more of a line on this one than I do. So we are gonna lock in with Quantum Leap. All right, Liz and Ken locked in with Quantum Leap, and let's go to Jeff and Adam. Well, uh, Adam wrote down uh, Knight Rider, which I think is Kit, but between the oh, two of us, we couldn't Kit. think of anything uh, better than that, so we, we still jokingly said Knight Rider. All right, Knight Rider was a good guess, but uh, Liz was right on the money, played by Dean Stockwell. Al Calavici handled Ziggy, the uh, personal computer that helped uh, Scott Bakula's uh, Dr. Sam Beckett travel through time. So yeah, Quantum Leap. Props to Liz on that. But act. Scott Bakula is super cute back in the day. Oh, yeah. He's still cute, but he was great. on. He's so good on that show. Um, yeah, if you don't know what it's about, he basically goes back in time, goes into certain people's bodies and has to fulfill some sort of... Uh, Usually learns a lesson. Yeah, learns a lesson, fulfills a quest, like, you know, stuff like that. It's good. Whatever happened to TV where you learn a lesson? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. 
It's uh, all cautionary tales right now with reality TV. Ah, gotcha. Mm. Yeah. Kevin probably saves the world is like that now. It's a good one. Have you seen it? I haven't no, seen it. I heard it's good. Is it good? Good. Yeah. And you learn lots of lessons. Actually, one that I quite like is um, The Good Place. That's actually, that's pretty funny too. And uh, kind of cute. Kristen Bell's always great. And uh, has some life lessons along the way. Well, great. See, there's positivity. There you go. Two great recommendations. On to question two. Talk about on-screen chemistry. Jason Bateman and Jason Sudeikis each share five feature film credits alongside what actress? I'm thinking right now. I think I have, uh, I don't know her name. I'm awful with names, but if I just start writing stuff down, maybe you could come to a sure. to a conclusion. Oh, yeah. I happen. To, I do know who that is. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I forgot she was on. Uh, right on. Are, there, are there more than that? Can you think of any other movies where there, there's overlap there? Okay. So, um, Liz, uh, I don't know how confident you were feeling on this, but I feel like it's probably Jennifer Aniston. That's what I wrote down. I didn't have any other thought besides her. Jason Sudeikis and Jason Bateman are both in Horrible Bosses 1 and 2, so that's two right there. Um, the switch with uh, Jason Bateman and Jennifer Aniston, mm. where the Millers with Sudeikis and Jennifer Aniston, I don't... I'm thinking Jason Bateman and Jason Sudeikis were probably side characters in a few more, maybe like the breakup or something like that. Um, but those are the ones that are sticking out to me. So let's lock in with Aniston if you're good with that. I am good with that. All right. That's it. The first thing Adam wrote down was, um, here, I'll, I'll read it. Um, horrible bosses, hot boss from friends. That's what he wrote. So, uh, so pretty quickly. We, so Courtney we, Cox? It's, no, as it turns out. <laughs> Um, so I had Olivia Wilde stuck in my head. I know she's married to Sudeikis and she's in a lot of films. Um, but I don't know. I couldn't get the, the thought that maybe there was some overlap there with Melissa McCarthy. I couldn't place enough on Aniston to go for five. So I figured I would just play the odds. She's in a lot of movies now. So we settled on uh, Melissa McCarthy. Ooh, Jeff. Uh, you guys should have went with the hot boss from Friends. I know. Jennifer Aniston. Um, so yeah, Aniston starred alongside Jason Bateman in The Switch, The Breakup, and Office Christmas Party. Jason Sudeikis in The Bounty Hunter, We're the Millers, and Mother's Day uh, film last year. And then both of them appeared with her in Horrible Bosses 1 and 2. All right. Uh, we're going to go on to question three. Uh, looks like uh, Ken and Liz are up 20 to 0 right now. Sounding somewhat like a portmanteau and sure to make grade school children giggle, what is the name of the small distinguishing mark you see over a lowercase i and a lowercase j? I don't know. <laughs> I think it would have to be like something... Like slightly, not like dirty, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like to make, you know, kids giggle. So uh, I really, I've heard this before, but literally nothing's coming to my mind in terms of what that dot is called. That's how I feel too, like super frustrated. I know it comes up all the time in every trivia thing ever. <laughs> I cannot come up with it. So recently I've, I've been uh, discussing the uh, predecessor to the trombone, the sack butt. Do you want to just go with that? <laughs> <laughs> That sounds great. I mean, I feel like this word is something like piddle or something along those mm. or in that world, if that rings a bell for you. It doesn't, unfortunately, All right. no. Sack butt sounds great. Sack butt. <laughs> All right, Jeff and Adam, uh, what did you guys go with? We figured we would double up and double down, and we went umlaut. Umlaut. All right, well, uh, Liz was actually on the right track, uh, and so was Adam. So Adam was on the right track saying that it was something that sounded a little dirty, and Liz was on the right track by saying it sounded like piddle, because the answer is tittle. Tittle, dang it. Huh. I'm not you were gonna close, lie. you were close. I was, 
I was thinking something similar, but I just I couldn't come up with the last two letters. <laughs> you guys were there. You were real, real close. I mean, I maybe would have gotten closer if you said it piqued my interest. It's titillating. There you go. And, mm. and it's a portmanteau, some say, of tiny and little. So. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Uh, on to question four. And this one was uh, given to me by our friend Phil Platakis. So thanks, Phil. Uh, he's a big uh, yeah, music fan. Um, so the question is, the grunge song Right Turn gives its songwriting credit to Alice Mudgarden, a pseudonym used by members of these three rock bands. Alice Mudgarden. And Liz out in Oakland, how are you on uh, grunge songs? Um, <laughs> I was in high school when it was cool, so I should be better at it than I am. But So you still have some flannel in the closet that you break out? <laughs> I, I did do the flannel thing, I will admit. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't cry when Kurt Cobain died, though, like most of the girls in my school. I do think I have all three written down, but I have four things written on my paper. Well, I assume these are like names of bands jammed together. So what I wrote down was Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, and Puddle of Mud. Is that a thing? That's what I wrote. That is a thing. Um, Puddle (laughs) of Mud is one of the ones I wrote. And I also wrote uh, Mud Vein. But I think Puddle of Mud is more uh, closely associated with grunge as Mud Vein is more of a new metal sort of uh, endeavor so uh, i'm good with allison chain Soundgarden, and puddle of mud if if you're good with that i am i've never heard of mud vein but if, so i don't know if you think that's better you can go with it i just never heard of it okay. i i too had the same four in my head um so i will agree on Soundgarden, and i will agree on allison chains but i did go the other way and i actually went mud vein all right. Well, um, you did get two out of the three correct. Uh, the easy ones in this question are Alice in Chains and Soundgarden. Wait a second. Is Mud an allusion to a song? No, it is not. Um, no. Mud uh, is referring to the band Mud Honey. Oh. And yeah. uh, the lead singer of that was Mark Arm, one of the, uh, I, I believe, one of the founders of Sub Pop Records. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, and that was, I, I believe, the only song that they were credited on together. They, they hung out and things, but. Um, this is a song that they use that pseudonym on, right turn. That makes a lot of sense. I never heard of any of those bands with mud in their name, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I recognize Alice in Chains and uh, Soundgarden. Listen to Alice in Chains yesterday. I feel like a man in the box right now. <laughs> well, uh, I think uh, Adam's feeling like a spoon man, so hopefully you guys can spoon your way out of the hole you're in. Um, <laughs> Dig up, Neil. Yep. Uh, so, that, yeah, thanks, Phil, for that question. He gave it to me, and I'm like, I have no idea who Mud Honey is. And he's like, no, it's it's a good grunge question. Just use it. So. I really feel like dirt after that question. <laughs> uh, all right, question five. Uh, so today, all three question fives, uh, two during regulation and one in the final round, were provided by listener and Patreon supporter I just mentioned, David Levesey. So thank you, David. Uh, this uh, first question five here is a fun one. Sharing their name with a fabled Brooklyn pizzeria, the Grimaldis are the ruling family of what European principality? All right, that's that's fine. I'm good with. I'm fine with that. You sure? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm not gonna get any closer. Okay. Okay. Well, this is not my strong area. Um, but it, Ken, you're Italian. It does sound Italian, so. Yeah, I mean, the only like European principality that I am confident in is Monaco. Mm-hmm. I know they have a prince. <laughs> Um, and it's sort of famously a principality, but I don't know if other Italian islands have their own ruling body. It would yeah. seem weird to me if they did. Um, I don't know if there's other ones in there. Like, I don't know if Luxembourg, I don't think Luxembourg is a principality. I, I really um, think Mon- Monaco is the one that I know. 
we could just we could go with that uh, if you're confident in uh, in that aspect of it. Liz had had caught on something when she said Monaco. If if my thought process is correct here, um, but Monaco is not within Italy. San Marino is one of the last um, small principalities left, though, and that is completely confined to Italy. So that would have been my guess had I thought about it longer. But we went with Sicily. Okay. Uh, well, uh, Liz was right on the money. It's Monaco. Oh wow! Really? Yep. Wow. Yeah, I didn't I, know that's within Italy, huh? No, no. I think you latched onto what Ken said about it possibly being Italian. Oh, yeah. Good work. Honestly, if I ever hear principality, I just answer Monaco. <laughs> I have no other answer. <laughs> that, that's some. That's some. That's some good trivia advice for me for future <laughs> reference. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna hold on to that one too. All right. So after five questions, uh, it looks like uh, the team of Ken and Liz are in the lead with 30 points, uh, and Jeff and Adam have yet to get on the board, but they will. We're gonna so. get there. All right. Um, question six: A Turkish Jezva Neapolitan flip and Kyoto Dripper are all involved in the process of what? And if it helps, Jezva is spelled C-E-Z-V-E. Had to look up the pronunciation. I have a thought on this one, but it's mostly... Uh, I have a feeling guessing. that your, your, your guessing thought is similar to ours. I mean, that that's the best thought I have. I'm not sure if that helped you at all, Jeff, maybe. I mean, I was... It's all, I, it's all sex moves. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the old Neapolitan flip is why you're eating Neapolitan ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta dig my mind out of the gun. Gotta try that one out next time. Um, Seems like too, you guys had an answer right away, or Adam, at least. Is that too general? Should we... I mean, no. Something? No, you gotta go general. Okay. Because then when asked for specifics, you can get more specific. Okay. <laughs> But you can't dig your way back out. Okay, Liz. Um, so, do you, did coffee come to mind for you at all? That is what I wrote down. Coffee making. All right, let's go with that. Um, so we were in the same kind of general area, except we went tea. Because mm-hmm. Kyoto, I was thinking more, you know, tea and, uh, you know, mi- Middle Eastern cultures are really big on tea as well. Turkey, you know, in that general area. So I was thinking that's where I went. So um, it seems here the debate is between tea and coffee. And uh, anyone who knows me knows I'm obsessed with coffee. It is coffee. Mm. <laughs> making of coffee. Those are all, yeah, yeah different, uh, different processes of making coffee. Question seven. In the song, Devil Went Down to Georgia, it's never explicitly stated where the devil actually came from to make his bet with Johnny. If we are focusing on the went down to Georgia part, the devil could only have come down from three states. To be clear, I'm looking for those states that only border it to the north. There is one on the Midwestern side, but I'm not counting that. It's just three on the Northern side of Georgia that you can enter it from. I think, I think those are the three. Okay. I think we're Let's locked in. All right. Uh, you know, geography is not my strong suit, uh, but I do have South Carolina and I think Tennessee. We used to drive, we used to drive to Florida and I think it went from Tennessee then to Georgia. Um, but if you could fill in the, the last one. Alabama. Arkansas. Me. Arkansas. Oh, Arkansas. That sounds good. Missouri, Arkansas. Well, Missouri is north of Tennessee. I, I drove from Missouri to Tennessee, and I know that was okay. north. Ar- Arkansas could be good. South Carolina, okay. Tennessee, Arkansas. Yeah, I'm good with that. All right. And I'm sorry for people who live there that I have completely botched where you live. South Carolina, Tennessee, Arkansas. All right. So, uh, Ken Liz, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Arkansas. Jeff and Adam. So... Um, Adam had written down Alabama, but I'm pretty sure that there's like a, a cornered intersection where Georgia, Alabama, and Tennessee all meet. And I don't think 
it's north to Alabama, but it's definitely north to Tennessee. We also agree on South Carolina. And then the other one, which I believe is correct, but I don't know for sure, is North Carolina. Oh. Oh, it like dips down. Well, because Georgia's on an angle. Yeah. So you could go south. Well, um, Jeff and Adam are on the board with 10 hey. points. So, nice. Well, if you give me a question I know anything about, Neil. I know. I, I, wish, <laughs> I wish there were more geography questions than I mean, science. if you want to just give me geography and science questions, then I'll do that all day. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Uh, so you have uh, South Carolina. You could you know, be at the tip, sort of uh, the northwest tip, and then go straight down into Georgia. Um, North Carolina kind of dips in into the top right half of Georgia, and then Tennessee is on the top left half. So... Um, they kind of intersect in a, in an interesting way there. Moving on to question eight. Uh, I'm going to try to do a tri-bond of sorts, but it's in the literary world. I'm even going to give you two extra hints. This author is Canadian and is an Arthur C. Clarke and Booker Prize Award winner. And here are three novels uh, that they wrote, and I want you to tell me the author. The Blind Assassin, The Penelopead, and Elias Grace. I, I know if, if, we, if I can... Just answer. You guys can talk. Okay. Ken and Liz are locked in. And I have no idea. I've got nothing. The thing that disappoints me is uh, Elias Grace is on Netflix now. So, like, I see it. And, like, didn't they just make a, like, a series or something? I know I've seen it, like, recently. I can't answer that. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm, I'm not going to get anything on that. No. No? Mm-mm. Don't bother. Uh, okay. It's Margaret Atwood. Margaret Atwood. So, uh, um, the one p- piece of work that I left out is, of course, perhaps her, yep, her best known work currently, as it was adapted into a smash hit television series for Hulu starring Elizabeth, Elizabeth Moss, The Handmaid's Tale. So, that's Margaret Atwood. Um, if, if any of you guys have watched um, the web series uh, Who Killed Heather um, that I worked on, <laughs> shameless self promotion. I know, it's a shameless self promotion. Uh, the lead actor in that series, David Raymond, is currently in an Elias Grace production in uh, Chicago that's really good. So, if you're in, in awesome. the city, check it out. Okay. Uh, Who question- killed Heather? Who killed Heather? I can't tell you right now. We got to watch the show. Uh, it's not me, though. I'll tell you that. And I just play a Jimmy John's delivery man for two seconds. <laughs> All right. Uh, question nine. Although there are several accounts of how he may have died, legend has it that Attila the Hun died on his wedding night from complications of a severe epistaxis, which led to choking and eventual death. In layman's terms, what prevented him from going on his honeymoon? Yeah, epistaxis, E-P-I-S-T-A-X-I-S. Don't know how much about Attila the Hun and uh, That's his wedding fast. night you guys know about. <laughs> if it's only, if it's... Bedtime reading. Yes. <laughs> Adam and I are looking at a couple different options. Um, some of them I don't think they would kill you fast enough, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been trying to break this word down. Yeah, I mean, like, anaphylaxis is when you when your throat closes, right, from, like, an allergy... Mm-hmm. which has the same sort of word at the end of it, which might mean nothing. And what would make you choke, too? Um, maybe fl- fluid in the lungs, fluid filling the lungs? Yes, that would make you choke. Um, I don't know what the epi... I mean, it could just be an allergic reaction. Yeah. All right, let's 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 say allergic reaction. Okay, so uh, Ken and Liz with allergic reaction. Jeff and Adam, what do you got? Um, so Adam had, had kind of zoned in on epi, which means uh, skin. So, um, you know, I was thinking maybe, um, so the epiglottis is in the back of your throat that dictates basically uh, whether you're allowed to swallow correctly or not. Um, so we're guessing that he maybe had something lodged, but we settled on asphyxiation. On his wedding night, um, legend has it that uh, he was very, very drunk, that he no- normally didn't eat and drink as much as he did that <laughs> night. So he ate and drank uh, so much and he went. Inhaled his own vomit? 
Uh, sort of. John. So, John. <laughs> he went to his room with his wife, and uh, he passed out while having a bloody nose and choked on his blood. Oh, gross. Yeah. So uh, other accounts say it could have been an uh, esophageal hemorrhage or a broken blood vessel, and some even go as far as saying it was a secret murder, which would be very Game of Thrones if it was true. But the the popular legend is that uh, he had a bloody nose and then uh, was so drunk that it uh, basically just choked him out. What a way to go. That's let nuts. let Mrs. the Hun know it was me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so no points on that one. So we're on to the, the final question of round one. What famous video game character lends his name to a protein encoded by the SHH gene, which is essential for embryonic development in humans, playing a role in cell growth and normal shaping or patterning of the body? Yeah, this is one of those questions where it, once you know it, you know, you'll remember it, but the actual fact itself and the question kind of have a hint in there anyway. One more time. What famous video game character lends his name to a protein encoded by the SHH gene, which is essential for embryonic development in humans, playing a role in cell growth and normal shaping or patterning of the body? You kicking anything around, Jeff? Because I'm, I'm better with video games, I would say, than do you have, embryonic proteins. Do you have any guess here? I have a guess that is crazy, but I'm... I do, have one thought. Do you want me to lock in? Yeah, I'm fine with that. And okay, we're gonna lock in with my answer. I'll put in a guess. Okay. So let's start with Jeff and Adam. What was your What was your guess? Uh, so I'm, I I I came to a name that ends in I E. So I said Marceline. Okay, Marceline <laughs> and uh, Ken and Liz. So uh, I'm curious what you wrote down, Liz. Uh, after Neil said there was a hint in the clue, I wrote down Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay. Oh yeah. Or S H H. Um, I actually went a different direction. Shaping or patterning of the body uh, brought Kirby to mind as he is a shapeshifter. Uh, so I went with Kirby. Uh, so Kirby uh, was a good guess, but uh, the clue was SHH for Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, I blew it. I'm sorry. That's okay. I would have been probably too embarrassed to say that out loud. So Hey, there's no, no, no nothing to be embarrassed about. Seems crazy. That's, uh, so there's I, a I Sonic protein? Yeah. The Sonic Son- the Hedgehog gene? Yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog gene. Yeah. <laughs> No, really no, no, weird. no, no. There's the the protein though is named Sonic. There's a Sonic protein. How does this work? I almost jokingly said it at the beginning. I'm glad I didn't. Uh, Sonic Hedgehog is a protein that in humans is encoded by the SHH or Sonic Hedgehog gene. Both the gene and protein may also be found noted alternatively as S little H little H. They literally named the protein after Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> yeah. <That's, laughs> I I was under the impression that this when you said lends its name, I didn't think it was a like the character to the protein correlation Mm -hmm. but now i have an idea about why because i can kind of see what the structure would look like in my head so yeah so sonic hedgehog is one of three proteins in the mammalian signaling pathway family called hedgehog the more you know yeah shame (laughs) never gonna forget that ken owns a hedgehog so yeah he felt bad about that one all right so after round one uh the score is pretty far apart but it's not uh, a barn burner yet so uh ken and liz are in the lead with 50 points and jeff and adam are in second with 10 points and i'm hoping that you guys can make up some ground here uh in the swing round so the swing round is going to be pretty simple today um if you guys want to number your pages uh one to 12 for five points each i'm going to name a film television show or documentary and I want you just to name the famous narrator of that project. That's all you have to do. You just have to give me the famous narrator of that TV film or documentary. We're talking actors or characters? Um, they will be real people. Okay. So I just need the real people's names. They're, they're all uh, 
performers of, of some sort, you know. Okay. Okay. Uh, so number one is the Royal Tenenbaums. Number two, Arrested Development. Number three, the film Stand By Me. Number four, The Wonder Years. Number five, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Number six, Gossip Girl. Number seven, Simon Birch. Number eight, the Fallout video game series. Number nine, How I Met Your Mother. Uh, Number 10 and 11 go hand in hand. I want the narrator of the original BBC version of Planet Earth and the also the United States Discovery Channel version of Planet Earth. Two separate narrators, same program. And number 12, I just threw this one in there because I like this fact. It's kind of hard, but uh, the narrator of the original and remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'll go through those one more time. Number one, the film The Royal Tenenbaums. Number two, the TV series Arrested Development. Number three, the film Stand By Me. Number four, the television series The Wonder Years. Number five, the film Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Number six, TV series Gossip Girl. Number seven, feature film Simon Birch. Number eight, Fallout video game series. Number nine, TV series How I Met Your Mother. Numbers 10 and 11, the original and American versions of Planet Earth. So the BBC version and the American version. And number 12, the feature film Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original and the remake. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industry shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, so Jeff and Adam have uh, left the room to leave uh, Liz and myself to discuss. Um, actually, not too many of these that I'm fully confident on, and I have a couple other guesses. Yeah, I'm feeling a little... <laughs> I was really worried about this midpoint. You guys always have hard midpoint questions. So I can name a lot of actors in Royal Tenenbaums, but I can't honestly remember who narrates it. Yeah. Uh, I really don't know. Okay. Ron Howard does uh, Arrested Development. Yes. And that's one that Jeff's going to get for sure, so we got to be careful on this. Uh, Richard Richard Dreyfus, I think, is Stand By Me. Yeah, that's right. <sighs> um, Wonder Years? I can hear that voice in my head. I know. I don't know who it belongs to, though. Gossip Girl, I have no idea. I have no idea. My best friend will shame me. She bought me the first season for Christmas, and I've never watched it. Simon Birch, I don't even know what that is. It's John Irving. Um, And then we have to decide. So Attenborough for um, BBC, Planet Earth? Yeah. I was also thinking of um, Stephen Fry, but I don't know. 
Oh, oh no, no, no. Gossip Girl. What about what's her name? Blake Lively. Is she Gossip Girl? Maybe. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, let's put Blake Lively. I feel like that might be in the realm. And I have no idea. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The voiceover. They, they just hired him to do the voiceover. He didn't know what he was getting into. It was on Best of the Best podcast. <laughs> that, is, that is correct. For one day. Um, the guy who he was the bad guy. Uh, he was the bad guy in Richie Rich. John Larroquette. John Larroquette. Oh, nice. That was miraculous. Okay. Uh, just Wonder, and the Wonder Years. The Wonder Years is like grown-up Fred Savage, right? It's yeah. his character. I think Fred Savage and I are the same age. So. Alan Rickman. <laughs> it's definitely an American. Alan Rickman it was be the best years of my life. <laughs> that would be so good. And when we got out of detention, I didn't know how to tell my parents. Penny smiled at me. <laughs> And I returned the favor. Why a spoon, cousin? Because it's dull. It will hurt more. <laughs> Swayze. Swayze. Patrick Swayze. That sounds great. Patrick Swayze. Swayze, Swayze be with us. All right. Famous narrator of Wonder Years, Patrick Let's Swayze. Let's lock. We're locked. All right. So uh, both teams have uh, gone through their own discussions for the swing round here. Uh, so I'm just going to name the clue, and I'm going to go to each of you and give me your answer and let me know uh, what you have. So uh, number one was the Royal Tenenbaums. Jeff and Adam, what did you have? Uh, I've not seen any of those films, so I don't have anything. All right. Ken and Liz? Uh, I had a gut feeling that it might be Gwyneth Paltrow. She's in the movie. I don't know if she narrates it. All right. Well, the answer is Alec Baldwin. So close. So close. <laughs> they do sound a lot alike, Gwen and Alec. <laughs> So I won the Oscar for Shakespeare in Love. Okay. <laughs> uh, number two was Arrested Development. Uh, Jeff and Adam wrote this one down quickly. What did you guys have? I would have to turn my fan card in if I didn't get Ron Howard right on this one. So. All right. And Ken and Liz. Yeah, we had a feeling that Jeff would get that one. So we also put Ron Howard. All right. It is Ron Howard. Uh, number three, uh, sort of a uh, famous uh, actor as the narrator here. Stand by me, Jeff and Adam. I can't remember who did that one. It's been so long since I've seen the movie. Great movie, but I, I can't remember the narrator. And Liz. Uh, we said Richard Dreyfus. It is Richard Dreyfus. Uh, all right. Now, number four is one that threw me for a loop when I read it, so I had to include it. Uh, it is the TV series The Wonder Years. Let's start with Ken and Liz. Oh, well, we couldn't uh, come up with a valid answer. This is valid. So we uh, invoked the good graces of Patrick Swayze. <laughs> All right, Patrick Swayze, perhaps in a, a new uh, re-edited version uh, for the fans. Uh, Jeff and Adam, what did you guys have? So I know the character is um, an, supposed to be like an older version of himself looking back. So I said old Ben Savage. All right. <laughs> well, um, this one is going to surprise you guys because once you once you hear the name, and I think you'll you'll figure out the voice, but it is Daniel Stern. Oh, really? No way. It, it's pretty crazy, but it it's is Daniel wet, Stern. Wet Bandits. Yep. Yeah. One of the Wet Bandits and pitching coach from Rookie of the Year. So check out a trailer or the pilot episode on YouTube, and once you hear it, you'll never forget it. Uh, number five is the film Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Jeff and Adam, what did we have? Yeah, uh, didn't really have much on this one, <laughs> honestly. Uh, I don't know if I've ever actually seen that movie. I've not seen it. So. Okay. And Ken and Liz. We felt that this was one of the uh, good, rich, classic narrator voices of all time, and we were. I originally wrote down uh, Attenborough before more clues came in, and uh, we switched it to Morgan Freeman. Okay, good guess, but I was looking for a famous Brit. It would be Stephen Fry. Dang it! <laughs> Put him in the wrong place. 
Uh, number six is uh, the, the CW series Gossip Girl. Uh, how about, Liz, uh, you had a, a pretty good uh, idea of where you wanted to go with this one. What did you guys put in there? Uh, I ended up with Blake Lively. Okay, she was the star of Gossip Girl. Yay, got that right. Jeff and Adam? Well, that's good. Uh, I believe it is a female um, narrated, but I, I couldn't remember. So I just jokingly said Gossip Girl as she is the narrator. <laughs> <laughs> good. Well, that is a, that is a good guess. Uh, it's actually Kristen Bell. Yeah. Yeah. So it's another one that uh, you wouldn't expect. Uh, number seven is a uh, feature film, Simon Birch, based on the book. Uh, we found out that Liz is a big fan of the book. So let's see what uh, what you thought the or who you thought the narrator was. Well, I don't think I actually thought this, but we did answer Ashley Judd. I didn't have anything, Adam. I don't know Never. if you've seen the film. Yeah. yeah no. So we couldn't come up with anything on that one. Uh, well, it's kind of funny because the um, the star of Simon Birch. Uh, I actually competed against in speech uh, here in Illinois. He went to, I believe, York High School. He was very, very good. Just to give him a little shout out, his name was Ian Michael Smith. The reason I put this question in here is it's one of my favorite actors, and it was Jim Carrey who played his older brother for a small moment. Uh, So Jim Carrey was Simon Birch. Uh, Number eight was the Fallout video game series. Uh, Jeff and Adam? I've actually played some of the Fallout series, um, but I, I couldn't tell you who the voice talent is, unfortunately. I'm not I'm not able to put two and two together on that. Okay. I'm not sure about narration on this, but I remember Liam Neeson being associated with a voice talent in that game, and we went with Liam Neeson. That would make sense. Uh, he was a voice talent in the game, but the game was actually narrated by Hellboy himself, Ron Perlman. Ah, okay. Interesting. Uh, this one, I think everyone across the board should get. I'm not sure. Um, it is How He Met Your Mother, Jeff and Adam. I mean, he is TV's favorite dad. We went uh, Bob Saget. All right. Five points to you guys. Bob Saget. Another five points. Great. Uh, all right. Number 10 and 11 kind of go hand in hand, but we'll start with 10. Uh, the original BBC version of Planet Earth. Uh, let's go with Liz and Ken. We went with Attenborough. Okay. Attenborough and Jeff and Adam. We, too, went Attenborough. It is David Attenborough. Not Richard. David. No, Richard is too busy uh, getting his theme park <laughs> up and running. Spare no expense. Spare no expense. <laughs> uh, and number 11 was the American version of Planet Earth, which aired on Discovery Channel. Um, Jeff and Adam, do you have a, an idea on this one? I know he's done a lot of documentaries like this. Um, I'm pretty sure he did Life, as, um, and that might be what I'm confusing with, because, again, it's been a long time. Um, but we settled on Morgan Freeman. Okay, popular answer, and Ken and Liz. Yeah, we hedged our bets and went Morgan Freeman as well. Well, um, unfortunately, no points on that one. It was voiced by Sigourney Weaver. Really? Yeah. She has a great voice. Uh, And this last one uh, is another shameless self-promotion. I apologize, but... uh, (laughs) Ken, Ken caught onto it in a miracle poll uh, from the depths of, uh, of his behind, I guess. We're going to stay clean. Um, so it was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Jeff and Adam, got anything on that one? Nope, not seen it. No, so. no, never seen it. Okay. So I was driving home from work, listening to the uh, best of the best podcasts starring Neil uh, and uh, Mark. And uh, I remembered that they hired an actor for one day's work, just reading the, the voiceover at the beginning. I was like, it's a guy who's famous now. He wasn't famous then. Who was it? And slowly the picture came to my mind that it was John Larroquette. It is John Larroquette uh, who did the voiceover for a joint. That was his payment. <laughs> Um, and yeah, he was not famous, not famous at the time, but he did return for the remake, uh, the Marcus Nispel film, um, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. So wow. was John Larroquette and, uh, Ken was right. That was on, um, best of the best podcast. So I, I know I've said it before, but just type in best of the best radar and you'll find it with my name 
All right, so Liz and Ken picked up 25 points that round, and Jeff and Adam picked up 15, so relatively low scores in that round. It uh, looks like Jeff and Adam are at 25, and uh, Ken and Liz are at 75 going into the second round. Game's getting closer, Jeff and Adam, and uh, it's going to start with a little bit of a geography question. Nice. Here we go. Question one of round two. Also known as the Oceanic Pole of Inaccessibility, what location, inspired by the name of a literary character, is the furthest point from land on Earth? Yeah, I mean, I know where it is. It's in the South Pacific. (laughs) I could put it on a map. Um, Yeah, I almost was going to write a South Pacific Broadway-themed question, but I didn't. We're good. You got it? Yeah. Nice. I think. So when I think of uh, inaccessible uh, literary characters, uh, Robinson Crusoe comes to mind. That was the first one that I wrote was Robinson Crusoe. Um, I also wrote like Moby Dick and Captain Ahab and Nemo. We both agree on Robinson Crusoe. I'm... So we want to go with Crusoe? So yeah, that's good. All right, Crusoe for Ken and Liz. Named after David Crusoe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! yeah! <laughs> Terrible. Uh, sir, we couldn't find his dead body. That's because it was in the oceanic pole of inaccessibility. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Don't get fooled again, Neil. <laughs> uh, all right, Jeff and Adam. Yeah. After a painstaking amount of thought went into this, uh, we have a little timer in the studio, which Ken flipped over, which freaked me out because I did not like that. Um, but I settled on Nemo, which I'm pretty sure is the right answer. Liz did say Nemo. It is Point Nemo. Yep. Named after uh, Captain Nemo from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. All right, so that's 10 points to Jeff and Adam. Great way to start round two. And on to question two. According to research firm NPD Group, not DMC Group, what simple shell-toed retro-style sneaker was the best seller by dollar sales last year in the United States? The first time a Nike product has not been on top in more than a decade. Uh, I'm looking for the specific model. Um, but I can be swayed to just do the brand too. Yeah, let's just do the brand. So uh, anything specifically coming to your mind? I have a couple ideas. I think it's Adidas. My Adidas. He said not DMC group. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, All right, let's uh, go to Jeff and Adam. Yes, on the strength of the run DMC clue, and also to add in a little bit about your question. That's what you think. Converse is owned by Nike. So um, that would be my Adidas. Adidas. Great. You guys are doing my job for me, but thanks to Liz for listening to my clue. Someone is. Uh, it was the Adidas Superstar, which is the classic uh, white yeah. shoe with the three lines. Uh, so every sneaker besides the Superstar in the top 10 was from Nike or a Nike subsidiary, specifically uh, Jordan Brand and Converse. All right. Question three. I promised a Broadway question and you're going to get it. All right. Ben Platt portrays a high school senior with a social anxiety disorder and broken arm who finds himself amid the turmoil that follows a classmate's death in what critically acclaimed musical that won him a 2017 Best Actor Tony Award? I know. Okay, good, because I can't remember the name of this. <laughs> my family knows that live theater really is, uh, is not my not my thing, actually. <laughs> so, um, sorry, sorry, Neil, but yeah. It's okay, I'll show you the ways. <laughs> I'm just, um, just give me my one shot and I'll prove to you it's good. (laughs) (laughs) Good one, Neil. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, this one I don't, I don't know. So, um, let's go with Cats. Cats. Yes. Cats is always (laughs) and ever the popular musical choice. So we will go Cats. All right. They went with Cats and Liz, that sounded like you knew it right away. Yes. The answer is Dear Evan Hansen. It is Dear Evan Hansen. Good work. Uh, You might recognize uh, Ben Platt from Pitch Perfect as the uh, magician friend all right, uh, question four. The Green Mountain Boys are the informal name of the National Guard in what state? 
Yeah, I think we're good. I wrote down New Hampshire or Virginia or West Virginia. Let's go with West Virginia. I like that. Okay, so Liz and Ken are going West Virginia. And Jeff and Adam, what did you guys have? Uh, I'll kick myself if it's wrong. Um, I feel like um, Liz's first inclination that it was in the Northeast is a little bit more correct. I couldn't separate out New Hampshire from Vermont, but I ended up going Vermont. All right, well, uh, if you guys are familiar with Keurig's uh, Green Mountain Cups, uh, they do come from Vermont. So, um, So the Green Mountain Boys were originally a militia organization, first established in the late 1760s, and uh, in recent years, the National Guard uh, has sort of adopted the nickname the Green Mountain Boys. Hmm. Uh, All right, uh, on to our next question five, uh, which once again is from David Levesey. Mohair is a fabric made from the hair of what animal? Pretty simple question. Mohair. Sure, I'm allergic to it, whatever it is. (laughs) I wrote down goat. Long-haired goat. Are you thinking like a pelt or like a, like a more like a wool sort of? Mohair is kind of like, it's woolish, but I think it's longer, like kind of softer. I think there are long-haired goats. So that was my first thought was goat, but could be alpaca, could be llama. Or you you feel pretty good about the goat. That's where you. Goat was just what I wrote down. When I when I heard mohair, I wrote goat. We can go with goat if you're good with that. Okay. So Liz and Ken went with goat. Jeff and Adam, what did you guys have? Um, so now that I hear that, I feel I feel worse about my answer. Um, I feel like uh, you can definitely get a mohair suit. Uh, I've heard of that as a thing. Don't know why. It's a song. There's some song lyric. I don't know. Um, but maybe we, th- we thought maybe um, it was a, like a pelt from a beaver. So we went beaver. Okay. Uh, well, uh, it is both durable and resilient. It's known for its high luster and sheen, which helped give it the give it the nickname the diamond fiber. It is made from the hair of the angora goat. Whoa! Wow! wow. Nice one, guys. Yeah, Liz was right. It's uh, nice pretty one, Liz. pretty long hair. It looks like those really shaggy dogs and uh, really nice hair on the goat. So nice one to Liz and Liz alone on that one. <laughs> uh, all right, so right on to question six. We'll keep moving up. Uh, Tinatrons and Fellini's children were scrapped band names for this American new wave band who settled on a name that comes from a particular beehive hairdo resembling the nose cone of an aircraft of the same name. I'm not happy about it, but no, we'll go with there. What do you got, Jeff? <laughs> uh, B-52. Okay. And Ken and Liz. Yep. B-52s. Sometimes the easy answer is the right one, Jeff. Occam's B-52s. Razor. Occam's razor. Occam's razor, yep. Makes the cutting clean. I'm going to make that joke every time until somebody figures out that I want to match it. <laughs> it is the B-52s. All right. Right along to question seven. In New York City on 60th between 2nd and 3rd Avenue, you will find what numbered restaurant known for its famous frozen hot chocolate made famous by frequent visitors Marilyn Monroe and Andy Warhol. John Cusack and Kate Beckinsale enjoyed the treat on camera in a film that partially credits the restaurant's name. So uh, the movie in reference is serendipity. So we just add a number to that. Yeah, <laughs> I have no idea. Second serendipity. What? I have no idea what would that be. Number. I thought the name of the cafe was serendipity. So I know it has to do with this. I know it does. Is I just there, didn't there... know that there was a number associated with it. Exactly. <laughs> that that could be too hard of a of an answer to get. Um, I'll, I'll think of, if you guys have the exact same answer, uh, I might award points. But the actual restaurant does have a number in the name. All right, well, we'll see how the points are going to be divvied here. Um, Jeff and Adam, what did you have? 
So immediately I wrote down serendipity. I know that's the only that's the only one that I know. Like I said, I just didn't know that there was a number associated with it. Okay. Ken and Liz. Serendipity seven. Is what we got. <laughs> uh, I, I'll give I'm gonna give points to both teams. Um, so the film is Serendipity. The actual cafe is called Serendipity Three. That's the full name of you the know, cafe. You know, I, I was going to say three as a joke because it has the rhyme scheme. <laughs> yeah. That's... But, uh, you know, you never know. But I so will give points. you went with the alliteration and you went with the rhyme scheme. We would have, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But that one, We're you know. Literary. But here's the thing. No one calls it Serendipity 3, especially when you go there. Everyone just goes, let's go to Serendipity. So it, I'll give you guys points for both of that. Cool, cool. Points all around. That's your second home. So. Yeah. It is my second home, yeah. The last time I was there, uh, we, the waiter was like, uh, oh, you're a nice ago. couple. Do you guys want to sit where John Cusack and Kate Beckinsale had their frozen hot chocolate? I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay. Uh, number eight. That's what they say to everybody. He does say it to everyone. I'm sure he does. That's how you get the good tips. All right. <laughs> Despite the fact that he never played for them, this team retired Michael Jordan's number 23 before his final game in their city. So what you're saying is, he was still playing basketball at the time? Uh, Michael Jordan was still playing basketball. The team that retired his jersey, Michael Jordan never played for them. But they retired it because of how good he was against them for so long and out of respect. That's crazy. Yeah, that's pretty pretty crazy fact. Let's go with that. Okay. We're good. The Bulls had a um, big rivalry with the Pistons. That's what I wrote, Pistons. Yeah, let's go Pistons. Okay, and Jeff and Adam? Um, we figured maybe they didn't stick to their word, and uh, we said the Cleveland Cavaliers. You were on the right track. Uh, the head coach of the team that retired the jersey and said to Michael, you're the best, he said, no one will ever wear number 23 for the Miami Heat. Ah! We wrote Heat as the other option. Yeah. Yep, Miami Heat. And then at that time, uh, that's when LeBron James changed from 23 to 6 out of respect. Uh, oh, that's right. He didn't play as 20. He plays as 23 on the Cavs. Not, all right. Yep. Yep. I was, we were getting close. Yeah. Yeah, you were close. <laughs> Adam, Adam had me on the right track, and then we just went with the wrong one. Uh, all right, number nine. What Texas Instruments child computer does E.T. use to phone home and E.T. the extraterrestrial? Ugh. Oh, I know what it is. I, I, trust I think I know this one. Liz might have an advantage having kids. I haven't seen E.T. in a very long time, so. Yeah, I got to pick that that's up exactly, on 4K. That's exactly. That's the first thing that came into right. my head. Yeah. We're good. Okay. Uh, let's start with Liz. What, what were you thinking over there? Uh, I wrote down speak and spell. Okay. And Jeff and Adam. We said speak and spell. It is the speak and spell. Not a TI-83, though. That's sad. Not a Teddy Ruxpin. (laughs) Yeah, not a Teddy Ruxpin. That's right. Uh, Great. Great job on that question. All right. And moving on to the final question in round two and the final question of regulation. Uh, This one is a little bit in Jeff's wheelhouse, but I had to put a Neil spin on it. So it's probably going to confuse everyone. Here we go. Sylvester Stallone's most famous character, a boxer named Rocky, shares his surname with a currency used by what country? Yeah. Um, ooh. So many things in California named after this person. So the first layer of the onion was peeled. They figured out that Balboa was the name of the currency. Now I'm just looking for the country that the Balboa is used in. Hold on. I'm going through every single country on no, Earth. But we don't <laughs> Okay, I don't know. I wrote down Spain and Portugal. I Portugal. Portuguese. Portugal. 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 Okay. For us. We, uh, we, we, I was thinking more South American. Um, but I, I was trying to go through all the South American countries and, and remember. Um, but I, I'd settled on uh, on Colombia just, just because. Uh, well, uh, the 
Correct answer is. It is Panama. That's right. (laughs) All right. Well, that is the end of regulation. Uh, In second place currently are Jeff and Adam with 85 points. And in the lead right now are Ken and Liz with 135 points. Going into the final round, I'm going to give you guys five categories uh, in uh, different subjects. You can wager up to 30 points in each category, depending on the points that you've accrued throughout the game. Uh, So let me just give you those categories first. You guys can discuss what you would like to wager, and we will continue. So the first question is going to be in the category of mononymous singers. All right, number two is going to be sports and geography. Number three... Life imitates art. Number four, sexiest men alive. And number five, damn, Daniel. Damn spelled D-A-M. I'm assuming you're going to ask a real question and not just ask my aesthetic appreciation for the sexiest man one. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that's correct. All right. So all the wagers are in and in an unprecedented move, Liz Hudson has changed the game with an Oakland five. Uh, the first person to ever wager five points on a category here in the final round. We won't say which one it is yet, but they uh, they did wager five. So, um, you know, sorry, guys, Jeff and Adam, you could have wagered five, 15, 25. <laughs> Cats and dogs getting along. We do. We do agree. We always say between zero and 30. We do agree. No half points. Right. But anything else is, I guess, fair game. I, we just have never yeah, done that's it. Right. Yeah. I guess so. This changes so. my whole life now. So because <laughs> you have to do you have to do math that doesn't end in a five. I'm or terrible zero. at math. Yeah. All right, here we go. You're welcome. All right, so uh, so here we go. So I'm just going to go through all the questions. Um, not too many breaks, so take some notes, and then we'll come back and, uh, and discuss. So uh, question one is in mononymous singers. Uh, this one I'm going to be a stickler on, so make sure you guys um, check over your answers. Alicia Beth Moore is a Grammy Award-winning recording artist professionally known as what colorfully stylized stage name and spelling counts? Question two, sports and geography. We've heard variations of the question, what big four sports teams share a name across different sports? But for the purposes of this question, um, I'll give you uh, one answer, which is the LA Kings in the NHL and the Sacramento Kings in the NBA. That is an example. To spice things up, I want to know the pair of teams in the big four sports that share a name and are the farthest apart geographically. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Question three. Life imitates art. As we embark upon another year of nostalgic appreciation, I want to talk about a special candy bar that was recently released to the delight of 90s kids. It's called the Reptar Bar and is a green frosting filled milk chocolate candy bar based on the bar of the same name as it appeared on what 1990s oh, animated program? Uh, question four. Sexiest Men Alive, my favorite category. While Mel Gibson may have been the first recipient of People's Sexiest Man Alive in 1985, he was followed by Mark Harmon, Harry Hamlin, and this lawyer and future magazine publisher in 1988, who was the youngest winner at 27 and shares a distinction with 1991 winner Patrick Swayze as the only winners who have died since receiving the honor. And question five in... Damn, Daniel. Uh, Once again, this final round comes from David Levesey. What is the name of the massive dam located in Washington State that harnesses the free-flowing power of the Columbia River, creating the most hydroelectric power of any dam in the U.S.? 
and uses enough concrete to circle the equator twice. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-off launches April 9th. Okay, so the answers are in for the final round, so uh, let's go down the line. So question one was in Mononymous Singers. Uh, I was asking you who Alicia Beth Moore is also known as, uh, her colorful name, and remember, spelling counted. Jeff and Adam wager 20. Liz and Ken wager 10. So let's start with Liz and Ken. Uh, we went with pink with an exclamation point instead of an I. Okay. And Jeff and Adam. Sounds strangely familiar. We went pink exclamation point instead of an I. Okay. That is uh, correct. It is pink with exclamation point instead of an I. So Colleen... Who just popped her head in she told me that that's how it was spelled i said you're nuts and then i looked at all over her websites and twitter and everything and records and that's how she spells her name so it's official uh okay question two uh this one was a fun one to write um it was sports and geography uh jeff and adam wagered big with 30 points and liz and ken wagered what they call an oakland five now on uh <laughs> <laughs> triviality uh, so i was looking for the two sports teams that shared the same name and were the furthest apart geographically so let's go to liz and ken uh we said the new york giants and the san francisco giants okay and jeff and adam yeah that feels right like a right answer um we tried to get all of them um that was the one pairing we didn't get so the farthest we could either get was the cardinals uh between st louis and uh, basically phoenix or dallas and new york with the rangers so we uh we settled on rangers but yeah giants would be the right one uh, yep, spanning nearly 3,000 miles. It is the New York Giants and San Francisco Giants. All right. In Life Imitates Art, uh, Jeff and Adam uh, had a low bid here of 10 points, and Liz and Ken had 20 points wagered. I basically just wanted to know what television show is the Reptar Bar from. So let's go with Jeff and Adam. 
So this would feature the wonderful music of Mark Mothersbaugh after he finished with Devo. That would be Rugrats. And Ken and Liz? Rugrats, indeed. Yep, uh, appearing on the show's first Halloween episode titled Candy Bar Creep Show. You may have heard Angelica Pickles quoting the final lines of the Reptar Bar jingle and eating the candy bars, Rugrats. All right, uh, question four was Sexiest Men Alive. Both teams wagered 10 points, very conservative. I just wanted to know uh, who is the sexiest man alive in 1988 and is one of only two sexiest men alive, along with Patrick Swayze, to have died since receiving the honor. Let's go with uh, Ken and Liz. Yeah, so I, uh, in terms of uh, history and uh, sexy awareness, Liz uh, took over this question. So you want to... <laughs> yes, my notes say lawyer plus sexy plus dead equals John F. Kennedy Jr. All right. And Jeff and Adam. So I just stopped at lawyer plus dead, and we said uh, that it was um, Kardashian, Robert Kardashian. <laughs> Got to throw that sexy in there. Super sexy. Very sexy. <laughs> they had that sexy uh, gray little thing in his hair. Uh, it uh, was John F. Kennedy Jr. Yeah. Okay. And uh, question five in Damn Daniel. Uh, we had a 10-point wager from Jeff and Adam and nothing from Liz and Ken. So I was looking for the name of the dam in Washington State uh, that used enough concrete to circle the equator twice. I'll start with Liz and Ken. We went with Gosh Dam. Gosh Dam. Okay. <laughs> nice. And Jeff and Adam. Uh, this one really plagues me because um, I'm failing to remember the name. Um, so I just said the Columbia River Dam. Okay. <laughs> the uh, the correct answer is Grand Coulee Dam. All right. After uh, tallying up the scores in second place for today's game is Jeff and Adam with 65 points. And in first place with 180 points are today's cream of the crop, Ken and Liz. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Ooh, we did it. Woo-hoo! We're so nice. excited. Nice game, guys. <laughs> yeah, we need some of that we'll excitement play. here. <laughs> Adam, anything you'd like to, to add before we uh, we sign off here? No, nothing at all. Thanks for having me. Uh, had a blast. I'd like to maybe brush up on my trivia and see if I could uh, you know, come back for another game sometime. <laughs> yeah, no, that'd be great, Adam. You always uh, supply us with some great questions, so keep sending those in. And uh, Liz, anything on the horizon? Um, I did mention earlier my kids' podcast, and it really does exist if you're interested in 11-year-olds and 9-year-olds chatting about life. It's called The B&R Report. You can find it where you find podcasts. Um, it's great. They interview my parents. They interview my brother and sister. They ask trivia questions. That's great. It's excellent. No, <laughs> starting start start young. young. This is yeah. great. Yeah, make sure to uh, send us a link, and we'll make sure to post it with our, our episode posting. And then uh, they have uh, you know four guys they can interview if they want over here. So Yeah, they would probably love that for sure. Um, four grown men. Four grown men. <laughs> Let uh, me tell you something about life. <laughs> I'll have to supervise that interview, I think. Uh, you can definitely check us out on TrivialityPodcast.com. Find our Facebook, Twitter, uh, email there. You can uh, find uh, updated episodes uh, every week after we post them. You know, if you'd like to reach out for a question five, just send us one to our email, trivialitypodcast at gmail.com with question five in the subject line and the host that you would like to read it. Uh, so on behalf of our wonderful guests today, Adam Abbasi and Liz Hudson, and uh, our co-hosts, Jeff, Ken, and Matt, who is not here uh, as he's fighting crime in the uh, suburbs of Illinois, <laughs> my name is Neil, and that was Triviality. spoon cousin why not an axe because it's dull you twit it'll hurt more